Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bags, the podcast for below average golfers by two below average golfers. My name is Owen Smith, as always, joined by Caleb Wallen. Caleb, how are we doing tonight? Fantastic. X got that win. I'm about it. Yes, our uh, our boy Xander uh, was able to win the Scottish Open uh, a week ahead of the British Open. Um, so exciting times. We're, we're both big fans of, of the X-Men and, um, just glad to see that he's playing good golf Win- winning in his last two starts heading into the open. That's, uh, that's some, some exciting stuff. Yeah. He's like, he's about to catch up to Scotty. Uh, yeah. You know, Scotty's got five wins this year. Um, Xander's got two in his last two starts. He's got three, including the Zurich, I believe. So yeah, we're uh, we're going. I'm yeah. I'm excited for him, man. Yeah, and you got Shoffley and Scheffler. Like, yeah, what a nightmare for for, for any announcer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to keep up with uh, with the golf world. Uh, trying mm-hmm. to differentiate between two of the best, you know, golfers playing the best of their game right now. Um, yep. But yeah, excited for that. Um, but this episode is as always brought to you by Travis Matthew. Um, we have the link in the bio of the episode where you are able to get 20% off your first purchase. But, um, I will say we received some stuff from Travis Matthew, Caleb and I are going to be doing a YouTube video and we'll clip it into next episode, um, of kind of, we're going to kind of pick and, choose from the merch uh, in a draft style uh, between the two of us since we have to split it up. Um, so going to be a fun video. We'll be able to highlight some of the things that they sent us um, and get some new gear to rep on the podcast. Um, mentioning that we are all over the place now, so you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for audio. Um, we've started to put up clips on our YouTube that will be linked in the uh, description below. Um, and then we are on TikTok and Instagram. So a lot of places to uh, find us. All those links will be in the bio, so make sure that you check those out. Let's go ahead and get right into the episode um, with our below average, above average golf moments of the week. Caleb, what is your above? We'll start off with above average golf moment of the week. Yeah, uh, above average golf moment of the week is something that I've never done. Uh, so I'm really, really proud of it uh, this time around. Uh, playing out at Arrowhead earlier this week, I uh, got to get out there with my wife, Amelia, and then uh, work buddy, Aaron. Um, they sent us off the back because there was a youth event going on on the front and uh, did all right. I think I maybe bogeyed 10 and 11, um, but hole 12 is, you know, for the people that play Arrowhead, you know how 12 kind of has that turtle shell green. But for those of you that don't know, um, at the course that we play at, uh, this hole 12 is, is really short. It's really tight, but it's like just not reachable with driver. Um, you probably could, if you, you know, you took a chance, but being probably the tightest hole on the course, um, it's pretty tough to do. So I took a, I took my forward off the tee, put myself in a good spot and, you know, try to play a little chip and run kind of deal. I think I had like 60 yards in or something like that, put it to about six feet and made the birdie putt. And I have never, I've never birdied 12, um, in my course of my arrowhead career. So that was something that 
I put myself through a lot of pressure on. Um, and I'm happy that I was able to, to live up to my own pressure and get that birdie. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'll say I'm slightly surprised you've never birdied it before. Cause I've, we played a lot of golf out there, but like, it is a difficult, it's very difficult hole. It's the green um, man. And I cannot putt. Well, and that the, it's the green and it's, <laughs> you missed the fairway. You're either in the trees off the cart path, almost, you know, in somebody's backyard on the right mm-hmm. side, or you're on the fairway of, 13 or in between the trees so it's like hard to get yourself in position onto the green if you don't hit a perfect shot um down the middle um and then yeah the green is just uh, pin placement can be very terrible i'm brutal bogey i'm happy with the bogey on that hole most times that pin uh, placement depending on where it's at is absolutely just a nightmare if it's yeah if it's on the short side if it's on the right side with the slope um, I think luckily it was on the kind of like that back shelf on the left. So mm-hmm. I kind of caught a break probably with the pin placement, but still I was pretty proud of myself for nice making that bird. There we go. Love birdies. Um, that is definitely an above average golf moment uh, for, for the bags team over here. All right. Talk to me about below average. Yeah. So same round uh, as, as on brand as we are um, got to 17 uh, 17 is a par four that with an elevated tee box, um, I think it's like 360, 370 or something like that. So I was ready to just let the driver rip. Um, I was playing a very conservative round. So I had only used my driver one other time, I believe. Uh, didn't use it 10 or 11. Uh, obviously didn't use it on 12. I did use it on 13. Uh, can't use it on 14 use it on 15 hit into the woods, but it kicked it back out. So that was nice. nice. Um, and then the part three sixteen where Owen got his hole in one. Um, and then 17 is kind of a little bit more open hole. So I was ready to let her, let her rip. Um, I have plastic USA golf tees with the USA flag on them. So that's mm-hmm. kind of, I use that flag to judge how far I put my tee in the ground. And I try to always put it, halfway in between the stars portion and I must not have put it where I thought I needed to put it because I lined up and I swung and I thought I cracked the top of my driver with how with yeah with the ball mark half the (laughs) ball mark was on the top of my driver um and just sent it you know probably 200 feet in the air uh, it went into the Creek on 18. Um, oh my. yeah, that bad. <laughs> and then I was just so mad because I knew it was going to be the hole that kind of blew up my round. So I, you know, just swung another hard one, uh, pushed it way right into 11's fairway. Um, tried to get a little bit cute with the next shot and landed about, 30 yards short of the green. So I had to pretty much do the same shot. Mm-hmm. And as we know, Caleb can't putt and I two putted and got a triple bogey on, nice. on that hole. Um, so I was pretty frustrated with that. Still managed to shoot a 39. I was, nice. I was ended up four over, but it was just frustrating that the three of those four over were on one hole. Yeah, that's, I, I, it's just so like when you're looking on your 18 birdies or just a scorecard and like if it 
if I was just a little smarter on that one hole, I would <laughs> be at par. I would be at uh like I've shot like a 41. Like again, I've never broken 40 on nine holes. I've never broken 89 <laughs> on yeah. uh on uh on 18 holes. Um so it's a lot of like Monday morning quarterback a little bit with yourself when you're kind of just like, ah, if this didn't happen, then I would have shot a 39 or I would have shot a par or, you know, even par yeah. or I would have broke 89. But it was that one hole. Um, yeah. And I actually saw something on Twitter that's like the mindset. I mean, everybody knows it, but like when you really think about it, the amount of time that you spend out on the course versus the amount of time that you're actually swinging the club like there's so much more time spent oh yeah in the cart addressing the ball everything that yeah that's the that's really where like the round is made up is in your mind so yeah. if you hit a bad drive and you go i'm just gonna swing for the fences i'm i'm really mad right now then you're gonna get yeah you're just gonna like you're just gonna get in your own head and set yourself up for failure and i I, I saw that on Twitter and it's like, you know it, but like, it's sometimes when you see something, you're like, Oh wow. Like you won't, it, let's say you're, you shoot, uh, let's just say you shoot a hundred during a round. That's only, you know, swinging the club itself and like hitting the ball. Let's say it's a three second, four second thing. That's only 400 seconds of a four hour round. Yeah. So a lot is made up <laughs> in between yes. that. Um, so it's like, yeah, seeing that and realizing that is like, oh, yeah, this is 100% determined on mindset. And I could yeah, have and, changed that by being a little smarter on my second shot, even though I had a mess or, up on the shot before. Yeah, or in my case, I put the T, I'm not even kidding, probably an eighth inch more into the ground or that's wild. You know, a quarter inch more into the ground and my round would be totally different. Yeah, but I uh, you, you mentioned the ball mark on top of the driver. I uh, I struggled with that quite a bit, and my I, I had a um, I've I've gotten a lot better at it, luckily. But I had an M4 driver from TaylorMade before, and there's two spots on that driver where you know it's marked up. Like I can't even I've tried yeah. to clean it off because it looks so bad, but yeah. there's two ball marks, and it's on each side of the club. um on the top of it and that was one reason where it was like i just had to get a new driver like it's (laughs) it doesn't affect the performance i don't think but it affected my mental state when i put when i dress when you're looking down yeah when i'm looking down i'm like oh i could do this it's like hmm, not not ideal but no but yeah no it's uh that's unfortunate i mean hey you you shot a 39 and you can say well if it wasn't for hole 17 i'd be all right but yeah so yeah well um thanks for sharing the above and below average um i don't have either or from my rounds i played a pr- i only played one round this week unfortunately um and it was a decent round there wasn't anything that was like oh, this was amazing or this was bad um i felt happy but not you know 100 satisfied so um, my below average and above average moments don't come from myself um, my above average golf moment of the week is Ben Griffin. He's on the corn Ferry tour. Um, and this was trending all over Twitter and golf, you know, golf media. Um, he wasn't playing in an official like corn Ferry event, 
but he was needing um, either, either setting the course record or just setting his own personal best out on the course. He needed for to a 59. Out. Yeah. For a 59 needed to hole out. Um, I don't, I, I can't remember the distance and he freaking pulls it off and holes out for, and it was just like, it was a tremendous video. We'll have to link it. Um, but that's an above average moment. Like you always tell yourself when you're on the course where you're like, well, if I just do this, then this happens yeah. and I break, I break 80 or whatever. Um, so to actually like tell yourself that and then succeed in that is just awesome. And shooting yeah. a 59, I mean. I can't even imagine what's that, what that's like um, to do that. I definitely have a better chance shooting 59 on nine holes than I do 18. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I can, I can mess up around a lot easier. <laughs> I don't think. Oh yeah. I, yeah. There's no chance. So, um, so shout out to Ben Griffin for that um, above average golf moment of the week from me. Now, I say that, but my below average golf moment of the week is the amount of people that are choosing Albatross over hole in one. <laughs> I will agree with that. I am still blown away. So if you didn't, if you're if first time listening or first time, you know, seeing us here, um, we did a hole in one extravaganza episode last week. And one of the questions and topics that we discussed was, would you rather have an Albatross or a hole in one? And I, you know, the conversation between us three, we had Evan Teed on last week um, as a guest. And the conversation between us three was no doubt, take the ace, like it's a one on the scorecard. It's, you know, it's an amazing thing, all this and that. And then the comments on TikTok, the poll response, the just everybody that has interacted with us on social media has been an overwhelming albatross over hole in one and it's just blowing me away i don't get it man i i will say it's probably more rare 100 yeah but i don't you can get a two on the scorecard like it, if you know if if you don't see the par on the hole and you're just looking at the scorecard numbers themselves it looks like a two like okay you either got a birdie or you got an eagle like you know but if you get a one on the scorecard Everybody knows that you hit a hole in one. That's exactly. And like, you don't, I mean, you brag about an albatross for sure, but there's like, you don't get a certificate or your name on a plaque or no. buying drinks for a club because you got an albatross. Like no. I, the argument that did make sense to me a little bit was an albatross takes two great shots, not just one. So like, or like I can see that a little bit, but everybody's like, I've I've played so much golf for the for the normal golfer. I would rather have an albatross. I'm like, am I? I just what am I missing? Like, I, I'm yeah, not you even, can say the I, same like, for I an eagle. This, yeah, I, I I but here's the thing. I felt this way before I hit my hole in one. Like this isn't like yes. oh I used to be albatross and now I'm like the ace guy. It's like no. I have yeah. always been give me an ace over an albatross. I don't like it's, I don't know. It just, it doesn't make sense. And I, it's overwhelming. And I'm like, I guess I'm just going to have to like take this and just move yeah. on, but I can't like, what is going on? I, I don't understand. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've never done either. And I will still take the hole in one 
Because again, if there's a two on the scorecard, you know, it could just be an Eagle, you know, it could be a birdie, but you, that one on the scorecard is a one on the scorecard. One on the scorecard. That's the thing that you frame. Like yeah. I, my, my, I think I probably mentioned it in last episode, but I feel like if I got an albatross first, I would still always chase the hole in one, but I, I'm not chasing the albatross. Like if I no. get it, I will brag about it, but yeah. I'm not going to talk about, should I frame the club? Should I frame the ball? Should I post this on my Instagram? Like, I'm just going to move on and probably talk about it on the podcast and then leave it at that. Like, yeah, I just, that's my biggest thing is it's, I'm not going to be chasing it and I'm not going to be every time I tee up, you know, tee up or address the ball, I'll be like, if I get an albatross, my life's going to change. I don't know. Right. So that's my below average golf moment of the week. I'm in clearly in a minority that I was not aware of um, that or yeah. the, the majority is just very silent on the right. uh, a side of things and people just want to uh, mess with us. But no, it, it was a little bit overwhelming and I, I was like, all right, but okay. Um, well, I, I, I we have started to get more interaction on Twitter and social media, and we would love to hear about your below and above average golf moments of the week, um, whether you call in and uh, we can have you on for a quick second if it's something huge or if you just want to write in, um, whether that's on Twitter um, or comments or whatever, send us send it in. I uh, would love to hear yeah, about it. We'd love to share them and highlight it, especially on times where I don't have my own or Caleb doesn't have his own. Um, would love to highlight that in place of ours. So, um, yeah, we interrupt episode number eight to bring you our sponsor, Travis Matthew, um, at Travis Matthew, we have made shopping easy from comfortable activewear, polos, elevated button ups. Travis Matthew has the men's lifestyle apparel that you need for every occasion. Get 20% off your first purchase at Travis M A T H E W.com. Um, and support the bag teams by clicking on the link in the description of the podcast episode below. Have some exciting content coming with Travis Matthew soon. Uh, so keep a lookout for that. And uh, we'll get back to the episode. I mean, we want to grow the game of golf, of course. That's the mission of, of bags. Um, and I think one way of doing that is introducing other ways to play golf. Um, and I'm not talking like top golf and putt putt. I'm talking more of like on, you know, you can go to any golf course and just play and be like, okay, I'm going to try to break 50 today um, or whatever on, on nine holes. Um, or you can add another component of it that makes it more interesting. I, I would say, especially if you're not at the same level as um, some of your friends or there's varying levels um, and there's just different games to try. And, I, you know, when I first got into golf, I did not realize the amount of games that you can play um, on, you know, on a golf course. That's not just, hey, Caleb, you shot a 39. I shot a 46. You win. Like, yeah, you're going to beat me every time. But if we introduce a different component, I get an opportunity to be you. When you know, we're not on even playing fields, um, necessarily. So, um, I guess wanted to kind of talk about Caleb, like what are some of the games 
um, that you've played or that you want to play. And we can kind of just start the conversation from there. Yeah. So I would say um, normally like, so I don't gamble all that much when I'm on the golf course. Um, I don't have the confidence in myself to do that. So most of the time, you know, I'm just playing a scramble with my buddy or, you know, we're playing best ball to see what score we can get, you know, that kind of thing. But I did see one that was very interesting and uh, I want to make sure I get it right, but it was called three putt poker, which I would be terrible at. So if you ever want to try to coax me into it, that's probably how you're going to win. Um, so it's called, yeah. So three putt poker. Uh, so what you do is you, you assign a value to each three putt. So, um, you know, we'll call it a dollar every time you three putt. Um, if you, so if you three putt on a hole, you throw in a dollar. Uh, if you two putt on a hole, it's a wash. There's nothing good or bad, but if you one putt, then you are able to, uh, take a card at the end of the round out of a 52 card deck. Okay. Um, so you play your round and at the end, you know, you figure out, you know, who throws out much money in, however many cards you get and, um, whoever has the best poker hand, at the end of the round with the cards that they've accumulated gets the pot. Oh. So okay. that one's interesting to me. Um, that one terrifies me because I yeah. would absolutely throw in the most money. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's definitely, it has nothing to do with anything other than the putting green and what happens on the putting green. So I could see where that one would, you know, draw some attention from a lot of people. Yeah, I would. I think the thing that's intriguing, if I'm understanding it correctly, is it doesn't matter what happens until you get on the green. Correct. So yeah. I shank a drive, but Caleb has a 350 yard down the down the center uh, drive on the fairway. Doesn't matter until I'm you know, whether I'm seven shots onto the green or two shots onto the green. It's all about your putting game. Which, yeah, it all comes down to the green. That's pretty that's pretty intriguing. I like the idea of that. Um, yeah, I'm sure it is a little scary <laughs> to, yeah. to think about. Yeah, well, and it definitely probably adds even more jitters once you get up on the green of kind of avoiding the three putt being, you know, of course you want the one putt so that you can set yourself up for success there um for the end of the round, but um, setting yourself up to be conservative and get the two putt instead of, you know, getting that three putt and having to put a dollar in. Um, yeah. Cause it's almost like you almost start laying up on holes that you don't necessarily need to lay up on. Right. Because then, you know, in all rules of the game, like putting from on the fringe or putting from off the fairway counts as a chip. Like right. it doesn't count as a putt till you're on the green. So, you know, I, if I, make sure that it's on the fringe and then, you know, put it, chip it or whatever to like two feet. Then if I put it in, that's a one putt. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Cause you can get, there's some gamesmanship that goes on there where <laughs> yeah. you're like, I know, I, I know that if, especially if it's a bigger green, I know I'm 150 out, but if I hit it onto the green, I'm not precise enough to put myself in good position. Let me play my one forty club be 10 yards off and I'm more consistent, you know, I'm, I'm 
I can get a little closer with my chips and be a little more precise with that. Of course, you have to be confident in your short game to even be playing this game. Um, I think that's yeah. the only thing that would save me. I think as huh. I don't know, we'll have to put a poll on it uh, as far yeah. as like how people think it should be played. But I think to set myself up for success, I would be the person that hits it short. And then I have a lot of confidence in my short game, you know, with chips. I know we've discussed it, you know, yeah. Marty and Danny talked about how had to have a lot of, or had to have some stones to pull, try to pull off some of the shots that I did, which, you know, I don't think of it that way. Cause like I said, I, when everybody else was putting on the green in practice and in school, like I was chipping. So, you know, I, I have a lot more confidence in my chipping than I do my putting. So right. I would probably be the person that, yeah, I'm going to play my 140 club and then chip it up close. So random question, and you may not have the answer to it. Um, what happens if I hole out? Is is there anything, is that equivalent to a one putt? Or I would assume I think, so. I, I feel like that would be rewarding if you hold out. See, I don't know. I, you know, the, the rules of the game re- revolve around the putts in general. Now, hmm. I think if you and I were playing, I would absolutely say, hey, you get yeah. a card from holding out from 150 yards or whatever. But right. um, I don't know that everybody would do that based yeah. on the rules of the game. Yeah. I, I feel like that would be rewarding. Um, I, I, you yeah, would deserve I, it. Yeah, for sure. Like, you didn't rules? even need your putter? Go for it. Yeah. But yeah. you know, what's what's that line to where you get that reward? Cause if I hit it short and chip in from 15 feet, like does that hold the same value as you know? I would yards? I mean, if it's me making the rules, I don't care where you chip in from. If you didn't have to putt, I would give you a card. Like that's that's how I feel about it. Like that's part of we're, the game. We're on the same page. Yeah. So uh, bags rules for three putt poker is if you hole out, it doesn't matter as long as you're not on the green. Um, yeah, you're not chipping. actually, you know, yeah, if you're chipping or even if you're 200 yards out, um, I would give you give you a card. So bags three putt poker is what we'll call that one. And who knows if yep. that's maybe maybe that's how it actually does work. Um, yeah, because I only saw like those surface rules that you know that I read yeah. there. So I, it's kind of up to interpretation as far as each group goes, but. You know, like you said, bags is going to give you the going to give you the chip in and a card. There you go. There you go. So a game that I actually want to try out or that I've tried out and played before um, and, and love is a game called Wolf. Um, and the reason that I love Wolf is because it doesn't it doesn't matter like how good you're playing. Like I've won Wolf by shooting the worst score. And the reason why is you get to kind of handpick who you play with throughout it. So the way that it works is there are there is somebody that is identified as the wolf. That person tees off first, I believe. Uh, there's there's two ways that I've seen it played. So I'll I'll explain it the way that I've played it, and then we can talk about how other people's people have played it as well. So there is the version where you tee off first. And you you are the wolf for the hole. So then Caleb tees off. Now this is usually played with this has to be played before people. Um, but then Caleb tees off. I get to look at his shot and go, do I want to pick up Caleb as my teammate for this hole? Or do I want to risk it 
and see if um, the next person, let's call it, we'll, we'll just say our two guests, Evan and Gary are up. Do I want to risk it and see if Evan or Gary is going to have a good shot? Okay. Yes, I'm going to. Now, as soon as, let's say Evan's up next, as soon as Evan tees off, I can no longer pick Caleb. Caleb is now off on his own for now. Um, and then Evan has a good shot. I'm still iffy. I, I'm confident that Gary's going to have a better shot. So I pass off on Evan. Gary has a terrible shot. Sorry, Gary. Now I have a decision to make. I can either pick up Gary. He's the last person that I can pick up. Or I can go lone wolf. And I can play against those three. So you three go play against each other. Um, and I, so that's the decision I have to make. If I go lone wolf, I get more points. And you can kind of decide what points that you want to, um, how you want to go about it. Or um, if you if you go, if you just pick up your teammate, then it's us two versus you two. From there, then um, we play our own balls and you just, you play whoever gets the best score of the group. So let's say Caleb shoots a four and Evan shoots a five. I shoot a four and Gary shoots a five. We tie, but let's, let's make it a little easier. Caleb shoots a three. He beats me for that hole because he has the three and I have the four best of our team. So that's one way I played it. There's another way that people have played it where um, the wolf goes last. So you kind of have to make your decision before you go and then you go lone wolf. I think the other version's better personally um, because it's it, you're risking it every time. I mean, you're risking it either way. Um, but if you wait until the end and that person has a bad drive, you have the decision to make of, do I go alone on this and have the chance of getting more points? Um, or do I pick up the bad golfer and I just, I'm hoping that maybe they have a better second shot. Um, so Caleb, have you played wolf before? I've not. Um, I've only seen it referenced on the office, uh, with yeah. Kevin and Brian Baumgartner. Um, but you know, I've, I've never, I, I've heard of the game for sure, but I've never played it. It definitely sounds yeah, so like something that would be interesting. Yeah, because it's like, so you basically, the way that I've played it is that if you go lone wolf, you get three points. And then if you just win the hole, so let's say, you know, you're on the, it's 2v2 and you win the hole, you get one point. So each player gets a point. And then you just tally that up through the round. So you, again, you could be playing the worst golf out of everybody. But if you get lucky by having good teammates or you pick the good teammate, then you're kind of you're you're kind of relying on them a little bit, but th there's there's less pressure involved. I I feel less pressure when it's Wolf because if I have a bad shot, I'm confident that Gary's gonna have a better shot than me, um, and he gives us a chance of getting par um, on that hole and uh, kind of sets us up for for success there. And I still get a point, so it's like gotcha. It's uh it's pretty fun again. I shot the worst in one and you can, you know, again, you can either associate money with it by saying a dollar a point or a dollar a hole or whatever you want to do. Um, but that's a great game to play. Um, and I think it's just, it has a team aspect. It has this individual aspect. Um, and every hole is different because then the wolf changes every single hole. So the dynamics are different. Um, and you're not always playing. It's not always two V two, of it's always me and Gary versus you and Evan. It's it could be me and whatever you happens. Or it could, yeah. So yeah, 
Um, I think another one that, you know, I, I think I sent to you earlier, either today or yesterday, but uh, the I don't know if it's necessarily a game or if it's just the one off kind of thing where the reverse mulligans to where, oh, you know, you yeah. know, I'm going to give you the option to play as many mulligans as you'd like. But for every mulligan that you take, that gives me a reverse mulligan to where, you know, on that par three, you stick it to three feet. I'm going to use that reverse mulligan and I'm going to make you hit it again. And your first one doesn't count. I think that one appears to be pretty fun as well. Yeah, that's because, yeah, you got to get really strategic or be very competent in yourself um, yeah. with <laughs> if I'm going to take this mulligan, I know that this can hurt me. Can I do, you know, can I do the same shot twice in a row when I get a reverse mulligan pulled on me? Um, yeah, that's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think another another version of that is just go there's um nine reverse mulligans around and we just play against each other and go there's no mulligans but if you hit a good shot i'm gonna tell you to do it again and just like see how bad you shoot because (laughs) right and how frustrated you get um but I, i think the the way that it was designed is perfect because it's it's risk reward you hit a yeah. bad shot, you're going to try to hit a good shot and hope that you do, but know that you are potentially screwing your future self by doing that. That's uh, that's something that we should uh, try to do a video on once we yeah, see absolutely on the course content. Cause that's, that's, there's a, there's a lot of dynamic to that and it, it requires only two people or um, yeah, it just requires two people and you don't need to force them for it. So yeah. Um, are there or any even, other... you know, make it three people, and then, you know, say it's you, me, yeah. and Evan, uh, you use your mulligan on hole two. It gives Evan and I the option to whoever uses it first to where there's still one reverse mulligan out there because you've only used one mulligan. And then it, it comes down to either Evan doesn't think you can hit it twice in a row or I don't think you can hit it twice in a row. And then again comes like some strategy like, okay, this guy hasn't, beat, hasn't been giving me anything. So, you know, do I try to use a mulligan to give him that card or not? I, you know, I think, I think reverse mulligans would be a fun video. Yeah, for sure. We'll, uh, we'll definitely do that once we start doing on the course content, but I think the general message with this and as we kind of started the segment with is it's, there's so much, I mean, we, that's, we're covering a handful of the amount of games that are out there. Um, and I would just research and do it and just kind of figure out what works for you. What's fun with your buddies. Like it, I, I think it can get boring and of like, just again, if you have a variation of people, um, it can get boring on kind of like competing. Cause it's like, I'm always going to get beat. Or even if he gives me five strokes, like I'm always going to get beat by him. Cause I'm just not there, but let's introduce this component. Um, yeah. just makes it more fun um makes it more entertaining i know that there's some people that get bored which how can you get bored with golf but right. um, there's some people that can get bored with it and that's just a, a, a dynamic to add to it and if you want to gamble cool throw throw a dollar or five hundred dollars if you're john daly but yeah. um but there's other ways to do it too hey i'll buy beers for the turn or i'll buy you know food for the turn or whatever um that's not you know directly I mean, it is money at the end of the day, but like, yeah, you can even just do it for bragging rights. So um, that's always a fun component, but 
but yeah, just trying to just trying to grow the game of golf, give everybody a fun time out on the course. So fair chance, fair chance, fair chance. Okay, now let's get into the big event, the final major of the year. We are going into the Open, um, as us Americans call it, the British Open, um, which is kicking off this Thursday, and of course. As normal golf events go, it is Thursday through Sunday. Um, 72 holes. 72 holes like golf should be played um, at a professional level. Um, speaking of, uh, I guess, us throwing shots right at right out the gate <laughs> with the 72 holes versus 54 holes, the biggest headline right now going on is that the shark, the CEO of Live Golf, Greg Norman, is not invited or is it's not only not invited, he is told to not come around by the RNA for any of the open festivities, including the champions dinner. He's the two-time champion. Caleb, what's your reaction to that? I love it. You made your bed, go lay in it. I, I have to believe that, you know, if he's trying to stick it to the PGA tour that, you know, Jay Monahan's been trying to say all these rules, you know, you've seen it happen. I mean, it, like I said, if you you made that bed, Greg, you have to sleep in it. I and I think it's yeah. awesome. I also very interesting that Phil went ahead and said, "Well, I told them I will not be coming." Well, it's because you didn't want to get embarrassed by saying, or when it yeah. came out to say that you were uninvited. Right. Yeah. It's kind of it's similar to like what happened at the Masters with him, like it was kind of not talked about. Now that was really early on in all this. That's before any golf was played, but there's a lot of question marks. Like why is Phil not at the masters? It's yeah, it's probably because there was some back channel conversations going on a little bit of like, mm, yeah, we don't really want you here, Phil, but that's just yeah. an assumption. The biggest, I, I think why this is so big is that because the live golfers are still invited to play, if you have qualified, so this was kind of the first um, – this is the first reaction from any of the majors towards Live Golf because Augusta didn't do anything because nothing had officially happened yet with Live. Um, the PGA Championship, same thing because, again, most people hadn't made their moves by that point. And then the U.S. Open, this was the first one to react to it of the actual golf being played. They said things are going to go on as normal. And then same with the the Open, the British Open um, as well, where if you qualified, then you're in. And then we'll address it later. But this is the first time that anything Live Golf related has been addressed by the major. And I think I thought the first thing was going to happen in April with Augusta. Um, what do you think this means moving forward um, with them kind of making the first move? by not inviting him to, you know, it may seem small now, but not inviting him to a dinner where he's been a two-time champion is pretty big. Yeah, so I think it's going to end up personally, like I personally think it's going to end up where Augusta says no. Um, the PGA Championship, uh, I could see it leaning either way, being, but at the same time, like the PGA Championship is, for the PGA players. So yep. I could see it to where they say no. Um, the U.S. Open, they kind of brushed it under the rug, I felt like, to where it was like, 
well, they've already gotten to this point, so we're just going to let it be. Um, I would hope that they would say, like, definitively one way or another. Obviously, Bag's team wants them to say no. Um, but I think the longer that you, like, are, like, wishy-washy about it, then the more negative feedback you're going to get from real PJ Tour fans. And then with this new DP, you know, PJ Tour combination, I could see the Open doing whatever, you know, whatever the PGA does, whatever Augusta does, because I think Augusta is going to set the standard. Um, and, you know, from what we've seen, from what we've sent back and forth, like it's kind of pointing towards, I think, where Augusta is going to say no. Um, yeah. But we'll see. I, I do think, you know, had this had the live stuff happened last year, I think we would be looking at a completely different field for this year because of the tradition of golf, you know, the old course is literally the birthplace of golf for, you know, for all intents and purposes. So if, if we're looking at tradition, which is what, you know, some of these guys have been harping on, which I totally agree. Like there's no way that the old course says, yeah, we'll let them play. Cause you know, they're, they're chasing that, that dirty money, but, um, but yeah, I think if this happened a year ago, we'd be looking at a completely different field for this tournament. Yeah, I think it's the the biggest thing um, for me, and what I'm trying to like. Sometimes I'm like, they're gonna ban these players, and then sometimes I'm like, maybe they'll just let them carry on. The biggest thing is the champions. Like, this is the first move where a champion is being told not to come around. So I think like now I'm like, well, maybe the British open, the RNA are not going to, you know, they're going to let it happen this year, but moving forward, either, you know, you have to get through it through a qualifier, or, you know, a local qualifier or whatever. I don't know specifically how the British open works, but, um, but clearly like they're, they're turning away one of their own, which is a huge move. Like, it's not like this guy is just Greg Norman and as a golfer, like, he's a two-time champion, which is a big deal, especially with the British open and with the masters. Um, and I think if the masters do it too, if Augusta says you've won a green jacket, but you're not invited sayonara, like everybody yeah. else is gonna be right there with them. Um, I think the U S opens a question mark potentially, like maybe they, I don't know. I mean, you never know what, what these guys do once they see what Augusta does officially, because they're going to be on the on the hot seat with that being the first major of the year. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I just think that's a, that's a huge move um, and looks like it's going in the direction that we thought it would. Um, and I, I, I'm just, I hate talking about this because this is the 150th British open. This is at St. Andrews, the old course, like not to be Brooks Kepka, but we're putting a black cloud over, over this yeah. a little bit. Um, so let's get into the the British Open. So we're coming. We talked about it at the beginning of the episode. We're coming off the first really. Uh, this is kind of the first time, at least for most people, to see Lynx golf from a lot of these American players. And we saw Xander have a great weekend. Uh, we also, we saw Spieth have a decent weekend and kind of you know not turn it around at the on the final day. Um, and then we've seen some people not not do too great. 
what is your, how are you feeling kind of going into this for, for people like Xander um, and kind of getting your first taste of, of Lynx golf and kind of being across the pond? Yeah. So, you know, Xander winning today, I think was huge going into next week, um, you know, coming off because, you know, I would say for the most part, Lynx golf is Lynx golf. Um, at least in the cases that I've seen on TV or, you know, there's, there are courses over here, I think that try to replicate Lynx golf as best as possible. And I have played a couple of those, obviously, you know, you're not going to get a true Lynx golf course until you get over, you know, over the pond, but, um, seeing that he played so well in the pro-am and won the pro-am and then, you know, he wins the Scottish open. I am, I'm putting my full let's go X behind Xander. And I'm, I'm really pulling for him next week or this week. Oh, I guess. I'm 100% pulling for him. My, um, I just have this thing and I guess it doesn't mean anything since he's won the last, you know, couple events that he's been in. But um, I just like, I always hesitate with guys that win right before a major. Cause it's like, do they have enough in the gas or uh, enough gas in the tank? to continue this on for another weekend, especially in a major where it requires a whole nother level um, state of mind and, you know, your mindset going into that and keeping it together in a loaded field. I mean, yeah, I, I would love to think that Xander just walks away with this thing, but you're going to have Rory. You're going to have Rom. You're going to have JT Scheffler. Like the list goes on and on. Um, yeah. But yeah, I always hesitate a little bit. With- See, so you're the exact opposite of one of the guys that I work with. Um, so me and the, like the guy that I mentioned earlier, Aaron, we have a, we have a year long, you know, a PJ tour schedule long pick them, um, you know, where we pick uh, five guys per week, we take their scores or whatever. Um, and then the third guy that plays with us, Kevin, he had, he told me the other day, he has this like rule within himself to where, if the guy wins the week before, he always bets on him. Or if the guy finishes second, he always bets on him because what if he does it again? Or what if he, you know, he climbs that number two hill and gets to number one, which when he was telling me that I was cracking up, I was like, Kevin, this is probably why, like, you're not winning very many. Yeah, man. Very like... many rounds in our pick them. Like <laughs> Ev- or Aaron and I are probably up a good 20, 25 strokes on this guy. Like he, he just, Jeez. his picks are hilarious because you know, if his rules or his, you know, for whatever reason, his South Korean player affiliation, then I swear he picks one of those guys every week. I don't know, man. It's he's a funny guy and, you know, he provides a lot of humor in that. But yeah, he was telling me that this week and I was like, I don't know that I would necessarily go with that. But I do think, you know, Xander's confidence just has to be through the roof, for you know, sure. winning the, the pro-am on a Lynx course winning the Scottish open on a Lynx course and then, you know, going into a Lynx course. I don't know. I think if there would have been that low factor in his game, I think kind of, I think it would have been off of this week because, you know, winning that pro-am, you know, you're kind of loose, you're having fun. And then all of a sudden you have to like click and lock in. Well, if, you know, if you can't lock in for that, then how are you going to lock in for the next step? you know, which is the, the major. So I, you know, I, I think he'll, he'll do well. I'm hoping he does well. Um, but yeah, if I'm, if I'm a bet, if I was a betting man, I would definitely be betting on Xander. Yeah. 
which uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I want to so bad. Um, and that's why I'm just gonna, I'm going to get right into my below average golf bets of the week. Um, <laughs> my, so I'm kind of, I, I'm tinkering a little bit with what, what happens with below average golf bets. I've, I've done them in the past, um, but haven't really kept track. I'm going to start keeping track of them. And I'm going to kind of tear them off. I'm going to do an obvious maybe and long shot. So kind of break them up into tiers a little bit on who I'm betting on. Now, let me tell you, here's my disclaimer. I'm not great at golf betting. I don't think I've ever won a golf bet. Okay. So let's just, let's just put that out there real quick. So before you think I'm a handicapper and that you should take everything uh, as it is and go book it on DraftKings or FanDuel tonight, don't do it. But maybe I'll get hot and maybe I'll become that one day. There you go. So my obvious is Xander. I'm going to I'm gonna bet on him. And uh, right now his odds are 1,400. Um, he's climbed up, I think, not too long ago. He was 2,200. Now clearly winning these two events um, puts him in that position to – uh, now he's kind of one of the top top four or five guys um, for that. So my obvious below average golf bet of the week is going to be Xander. Um, my maybe below average golf moment of the week is going to be another bags favorite, Max Homa. Let's um, go, Max. Max is a legend, number one, but um, he has been playing pretty good golf. And the reason that I'm placing this bet is that on Friday, so he was playing in the Scottish Open. He goes that night and goes and plays more links golf. Like, yeah, dude. And that's he, awesome. he talked about it. You know, he, he said he would never, or he not never, but he, he doesn't get the opportunity to, you know, play links golf all that much. Um, you know, he's done a couple things with the no laying up group, which um, I'll, I'll advocate for those guys. I've watched a couple of their YouTube streams or, you know, their YouTube videos, uh, series, whatever you want to call them. They were awesome. Um I had a little bit of time in the fall where I wasn't working due to COVID. Um, and I was able to, you know, catch up on what they do. And, you know, they had some really cool segments. Um, you know, I think we, I would personally want to do something similar with how easy they made it look. Um, but yeah, after talking to them, they hyped up this one particular course and it wasn't too far away. And he said, you know, I, I don't know if I'll get this opportunity again. So he went over and played another 18 holes after, already playing and making the cut mind you. Right. Um, so, you right. know, another golf junkie, man. So I, I'll, okay. I'll get on board with that one as well. Go max. Yep. So he's a uh, plus 6,000. Another guy that jumped up from when I was first making these, um, you know, making the show notes and everything. Um, he was at plus 8,000. So get on him now uh, before it goes down more. And then here's my long shot of the week below average golf, uh, bet of the week is, uh, I'm going to call him triangle, but Cameron Tringale, <laughs> Tringali, um, Tringali. There you go. Sorry, I'm going to call him triangle. Sorry, Cam. Um, every time I see it, I'm like Cameron triangle, but anyways, yeah. he is plus, uh, 10,000, um, that long shot. Um, I'm again, there's not a whole lot of weight to this, but he did go low on Thursday before on, the uh, wind before the wind so if there's no wind at st andrews if there's, if there's no wind it's... shot <laughs> but it's a long shot but we'll uh we'll take the triangle um cameron tringali so 
Um, those are all my below average golf bets of the week. I'm going to throw one more out there, actually. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. <laughs> um, kind of joking, but what, what do you think about uh, Tiger? He's coming back for the ma- uh, for the third major of the year after the leg injury. He played Masters, made the cut. The weekend wasn't all that great, but he played the full weekend. Makes the cut at the PGA, but backs out after – third or after saturday um and and withdrawals there and then didn't play in the u.s open but now has been gearing up for this um what are we thinking about tiger going into the 150th british open yeah so storybook ending tiger wins uh i'll throw that out there um i don't know if we'll get that storybook ending i you know i hope we do but I do think it was extremely smart for him to wait it out as far as the U S open goes um, that, you know, we're still only like what 16, 18 months off this dude, almost losing his leg. I yeah. mean, the fact that, you know, my mom cannot stand tiger woods just from some <laughs> of the stuff that's happened in the past, but you know, I still think it's amazing that he's even golfing. Um, yeah. Yes. He has a limp when he walks, but again, we're only 16, 18 months from him almost losing his leg. So, you know, who's to say that that limp will never go away. Um, you know, I'm not trying to compare this in any way, shape or form, but, um, I'm still noticing that I do walk different from when I broke my foot in sixth grade. So, um, if that's another Taylor Gooch moment, I guess we can throw that under there, (laughs) but you know, it, that could be a long-term thing. And for him to, wait out the U S open and try to get stronger. Um, he was striping some balls from the yeah. clips that I saw. He drove the green on 18 at St. Andrews. Um, I am really excited for tiger woods to play in this. I, yeah. I know he's going to be get, you know, geared up to, to put on the show. Um, you know, how awesome would it be if it's, if it's tiger and Rory in that final group? Oh my, don't even start with me that would be perfect like yeah they, they they were playing a lot of golf together um over the past week um with them not neither of them playing in the scottish open um and they there was just different courses i think that they had traveled to kind of together and played um which funny how rory's uh comments changed slightly after playing with tiger but um, very quickly and very i'm quickly, all right with it and i'm okay with it uh it's about live golf if you're wondering but um yeah, I think it's I mean I wonder here's what I wonder is if Tiger somehow some way wins this thing like he has to retire, right? Like he can't just I, I don't think that he can win this and then just go I'm going to go tee it up again. Like he'll probably play Augusta, which is fine. Like most guys play Augusta like Fred Couples is still playing Augusta, but like it's the 150th open. We saw what he did in the past two majors. It's at St. Andrews, the home of golf. If he somehow wins this, he has to retire. I just, I, I can't, I, I, what a perfect ending to his career to be like, I'm only 18 months post almost losing my leg. I'm 40, however, you know, 46 years old. 
I just won the 150th Open at, at the home of golf. Like, how much better is it going to get? Dude, like, I, I don't want it to happen. Who no. I want Tiger to play every event that he can, but like, if I'm I Tiger, th- I'm like, I, I know he has a different mentality than I ever will have, but it has to be a thought of like, in the event that this happens, like, why not call it and just go play on the senior tour uh, when I feel like it, if I really want to. See, I could see it to where almost um, if he does pull it off, he he only commits to majors. You know, I think his comments in the past have been he's going to try to work his way back to some of these tournaments. Um which if he does, he does, if he doesn't, I, you know, I can't really blame him, but I do think you're right in the fact that if, I think if he wins, we're only going to see him at majors and the, the father son or the, you know, whatever that championship is that he played to Charlie. Um, yeah. But I, I do think you're right in some way. I, I hope you're wrong, honestly. Oh yeah, um, me too. But I, I could see to where, you know, he says, yeah, I'm gonna play in some some tournaments outside of majors. I'm gonna play some majors, but if he wins this open, he's only going majors. Yeah, I mean, this is like very pessimistic of me. Like, I the based on what I've seen in the past two majors is I don't think that even like I just don't see him playing more than majors regardless. Like again, again, other than some of the events, like um, with the when he plays with Charlie, but like I don't see him being like I want to play this or like this tournament this weekend and do it. Like he's gonna have to go through a lot of prep, and he's not getting younger. Now it's Tiger Woods. I'll eat my you know I'll eat my words when it comes down to it, and he's playing 15 events a year again. But yeah, but that's not happening. But. I can see a world where he just play he just plays majors every year until he can't play anymore. Um, but I just would I would hate slash love love if he just retired after winning the the British Open. Like it's just storybook ending. Like yeah, it's either like I just we're living in this world where we got 20, 2019 Masters Tiger wins another one and like that's amazing the only thing that could top i just think the only thing that could top him winning the british open during the 150th year at st andrews would be if he would have won the masters in april like if he wins again it's gonna be amazing but like those are the two like six or you know 14 months wins the masters first tournament back or he wins the 150th like they're all yeah. going to be amazing if he wins again, but those are like the two storybook, like comeback stories slash retirement talks. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being crazy. Yeah. So I think, you know, we've, heard, we've heard it talked about, um, or at least I have on, on Pat McAfee's show, you know, these guys that have that extra gear, like you said, that the mentality that we're never going to have um, that we, you know, we just, we don't have it in us, but you know, Sorry, Colts fans, I have to do it. But like Tom Brady, like Michael Jordan, you know, those guys just have that switch, you know, like Tiger Woods to have that switch. And I could also see it, you know, playing that doubles advocate. I I could almost see that switch not being turned off until he beats Jack in majors. Now, True. can he? I don't know. He's not getting any younger. 
But, you know, with the mentality that he's had, he's came back from so many injuries, you know, nearly lost his life, nearly lost his leg, and he's still back. Like, obviously, that dude has another gear. So who's to say that that gear doesn't get downshifted until he he beats Jack and Majors? Because he's already beat him in wins. So, like you said, he yeah. may not play another normal event. You know, he's got 82. But he, needs th- he needs three majors, right? Uh, I, th- I want to say he's at 15 and Jack was 19. 19. So he needs four majors. Four to Listen. tie, five to win. Listen, man, I love Tiger. I know. I, I, I You don't saying, even like, have to say it. I like, know. He can – yes, he has the mentality, but, like, I just – I don't know. I don't know. Like, you're, you're probably – if the injury didn't happen, like he was already up against a wall because he is old or older for golf and he's already had his back and a million other injuries that have happened before, but you throw that element into it. Like there has to be a reality check with yourself where it's like, like Peyton Manning, right? Like we'll we'll talk a little football, like dude had to hang it up. Like he yeah. was never like he could, you know, want to chase whoever. Now clearly Tom's still playing and it's unreal, but like I don't know. It's just kind of like there there has to be a, a balance of reality with yourself. And I think I hope that Tiger's that realistic and is like, I don't know, maybe I'm just being being dumb about this, but I just think it'd be awesome. Like just yeah, I, first off, win it. I mean, let's talk yeah, about we gotta that cross we gotta cross one bridge before we can get to the other. Yeah, like let's just talk about that. Like I don't realistically, I don't think Tiger's gonna win the British Open. Now I can't wait to clip this in a week when he wins, but realistically, I don't think he's gonna win the open. I can see him making the cut. I fully have a hundred percent confidence that he makes the cut. Can he piece it together to be top 20, top 25 this weekend? That's the yeah. real question. That's the more realistic thing. What do you think he can piece it? First off, do you think he makes the cut? And second, do you think that he finishes top 20, top 25? Oh, I'm going to say he makes the cut, dude. I, yeah. You know, he was talking about somebody asked him about, you know, where the trophies are in his house. And he talked like, I've got one shelf for each. Like, what a flex, man. Legend. And I just, yeah, like, I don't think that mentality goes away. That he has, he has that still, you know, that killer instinct still, or else he yeah. wouldn't be on tour right now. He wouldn't be over prepping with Rory, prepping with JT, you know, having that dissertation with Ron. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't be there if he didn't have a little bit. So I'll, I'll say he makes the cut um, and I'll push you one further. I'm going to go top 10. Top 10. Now is this, okay. I have to ask, is this fan Caleb or is this realistic Caleb? Fan Caleb for sure. Okay. Realistic, I think top twenty-five. Yes. Okay. But as a fan, I am wanting him to at least get top ten. Oh, for sure. Like, if I, not I win, want but obviously, yeah. That's I just stretching it. I, the biggest question is, I, I think, yeah, we both are on board. Hundred percent makes the cut. the The biggest question is, can he recover enough for Saturday and Sunday? And if he is recovering well. Can yeah, like can he just piece it together those two days? Because if he can, yeah. like if he can have the rounds that he's had, you know, if he has the round that he had on because he opened up the Masters, you know, one under, 
Like if he continues that throughout the weekend, he finishes, I forget what, probably top 10 at that point because it was a pretty high, pretty mild scoring, scoring yeah. at that time. Yeah. So, because Scotty won by what four strokes and he was 11 unders and Rory was sole second at eight under. So, um, yeah. yeah, if he does that every single day, then he's in a good spot. But if he does what he's done, then it's that's where it's like, can he even make top 25? Like, I'm I'm hesitant on it. I hope he can. Like, I'm wanting yeah. him to win and retire. At the, I don't want him to retire, but I want that storybook ending. But yeah, but yeah, I think. So. One thing that we probably don't have time for today, but I do think we need to have the conversation of if 2010 Tiger Woods never happens, how many majors does he have? Yeah, I, I think I'd... that would be a conversation <laughs> that we could have for a while. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I think it would be great to get somebody else's opinion on it besides us. For sure. um, but yeah, maybe, maybe we can throw that in another episode. Um, to where we talk about, you know, the what ifs of if 2010 Tiger doesn't happen, if the back spasms never happen, obviously, if the car crash never happens, what are we looking at as far as Tiger Woods today? I I mean, a whole, I mean, it's he is the needle, right? Like, we we know without a doubt could have accomplished so. Like, in my eyes, there's no question he's the greatest of all time. Respect the Jack. I don't take anything Absolutely. from Jack, but Tiger's the GOAT. And, yeah, if he doesn't have all that, yeah, we'll save it for another time. But, yeah, I mean, there's no denying. Um, it's just unfortunate what's happened. But, hey, whatever. Makes for better better stories, I guess, sadly. Yeah. Um, okay, so – Outside of Tiger, we've talked about below um, average golf bets. We've talked about, you know, we're, we're kind of pulling for, for Xander. A, a new thing that we're actually introducing to the Bags podcast um, is a weekly pick em between Caleb and I. Um, the way that this is going to work is we will tear off players based on Vegas odds um, and basically draft, do kind of a snake draft. So we'll have somebody, I'll, I'll let Caleb pick first this week. Um, pick an A player, a B player, or pick an A player. I'll pick an A player and B player, and, we'll, and we have four players. At the end of it, then we just take their score for the weekend, and we're just gonna have a weekly tally of just for bragging rights here on the Bags Podcast, um, and just kind of show who we have confidence in uh, based on these uh, based on these tiers. So, um, Caleb, since I am letting you draft first. Your options, we're not going to name everybody, but for do you need to give a, me those options? I think we okay. both know where I'm going. Okay, so go ahead and pick Xander. I'm going to take Xander. Okay, so Caleb is taking Xander, which falls within the top 10. Um, just to kind of outline it real quick, we have Rory, Rom, um, Scotty, JT, Morikawa, Fitzpatrick, Zally, Willie Z um xander spieth and lowry that's your top 10 as of when we made this um odd sheet so caleb is going with xander i i have to um i'm gonna go with rory ah there it is so you knew that was coming if i can't get xander well even if i could have gotten xander i would have picked rory you probably would have picked rory i want rory to win um, a hundred percent. I think it would be, you know, he's been so close 
um, in, in all the majors this year. Um, he's playing the best golf that he's played in a while. Um, on a face, tear. On a tear. He's the face of the PGA Tour at this point. Um, and like fighting this battle against Liv. So, and I named my daughter after him. So <laughs> there's that component That's as fair. well. Um, but I'm going Rory. And then uh, since we're doing the snake draft, I'll pick my B player as well. Now this is a, a broader selection, um, but it basically ranges from Cameron Smith all the way to Adam Scott. Um, I don't want to do this because I'm going to regret it when he either withdraws or has a bad weekend, but I got to take tiger like i just oh, okay all right <laughs> so uh, i thought you were tiger. gonna say something like jason day after him withdrawing oh, last yeah. week like that God, one really no. threw me for a loop no no so um i am taking uh tiger woods he's 40 to 1 odds based on uh the sheet and he falls within the b tier of players i could have picked a lot of other probably better options uh for this but um my uh two ball so far is is uh rory and and tiger so caleb i'll let you pick from the b tier i'm gonna go with cantley for my b who'd you who did you think was gonna be i'm gonna take max what i would have thought that max would have been a b as of making this max is just barely a c tier yeah so i'll take max as my c tier Okay, so you get Max and uh, Cantlay. Um, what's your thinking behind those guys other than being a fan of Max? Uh, Max played well this week. Um, I think he had a rough – well, not necessarily a rough day today, but um, not his best today. So I know he's going to want to try to come back from that if, you know, if it appears that Max is the way that Max is. Um, but Cantlay was, like, what, top ten? And really didn't hear anything about him. So it was a very quiet top 10. Um, so, you know, that tells me he didn't do anything outrageous to hurt himself. Um, obviously, he, he made some birdies because he was, I think he ended up at four under um, somewhere around there. Uh, so, you know, I think having a quiet, top 10, top 15, whatever it was, I think that bodes well going into a major. And, you know, being – I mean, Cantley played really well last year. He's a reigning FedEx Cup champion. Um, so, yeah, um, that's why I was going to take uh, take Cantley. There you go. All right. Um, so, you got your C. Now, I'm not picking Jason Day because he's one of the, <laughs> the players in here. Um I, I'm between two guys, and I can talk about them because you've already picked your C player. Uh, I'm between Mito, Pereira, or however Pereira. you pronounce that. Pereira. There you go. Um, and then Corey Connors. Now, I've heard a lot of good things about Corey Connors in regards to the open and like just link style golf courses, which makes me want to take him. Um, so I think I'm going to go that way. I was considering, you know, just because he was in the hunt um, for the PGA championship and fell apart on yeah. the 18th. And that scares me because uh, I mean, he can put together a good round, but can he what, learn what, from it? Yeah. Can he learn from it? And how does he perform in the next, you know, major that he's a part of? So 
Um, so I'm going to go Corey Connors for my C tier player. And then for my D, my D tier player, um, I'm going to go with Gary Woodland. Solid. So I think that's a good price. Gary Woodland being a D tier player is a great price. I'm kind of surprised that he fell within that, but that's kind of how yeah, he put, had, I mean, he down. was up on top of the leaderboard at one point this week. Yeah. This last week, I guess. Right. So, um, I like Gary Woodland. Good guy. Um, I don't have a lot of analysis on the open other than, yeah, I saw him kind of in the hunt at one point, uh, for the Scottish open. Um, and yeah, I feel like great odds for, for a D D tier player. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, there's a lot of people within this. Um, just give me like the got, first 10, and I can probably pick from there. Well, I'll just give you your favorite, Phil Mickelson. Um, <laughs> we have Adrian Maronk, uh, Thomas Dietrich, Nikolai Hogjard, uh, Ryan Hog- Fox. <laughs> Dude, I can't speak today. Um, Ryan Fox, Russell Henley, uh, Phil... Garrett Kiko, Vern Weisberger, Brian Harmon, Danny Willett, Cameron Champ, Ian Poulter, Darren F- Dylan Fratelli, Minwoo Lee, Victor Perez, Kevin Na, Stuart Sink. Have you found one yet? Uh, the list goes uh, on and on. Yeah, so we don't need to go any further than that. Um, Cameron Champ was on there? Mm-hmm. Um, that he intrigues me, but he just hits the ball so hard. And if he gets up into the wind, it's either going to fly or it's just going to crash as far as where the ball lands. Um, so he's an intriguing pick. I think, um, I'm definitely not going to take the pants dude. Um, (laughs) absolutely not. Um, which Shout out to him for causing a fuss, not being able to play in the Scottish Open, and then at one point being the last person on the leaderboard. Right. So, um, I'll I'll go Russell Henley. I, okay. Russell Henley. I think okay. I think he's Euro, European from somewhere over there, so he's got to know Lynx golf somewhat. I would think, or else he wouldn't be a pro. You think so? You would think so. so. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go, Russell Henley. Okay, so the bags four ball—that's what we're gonna call it. Um, we have Xander Cantlay, Homa, and Russell Henley against Rory, Tiger, Corey Connors, and Gary Woodland. This is the first of many. Um, let's see who can get the first first W between us. So. Well, it's going to be exciting. Um, this is the most excited I've been personally for a golf tournament this year since the uh, since the Masters. Um, it's the 150th. It's at the old course. It's I, I just love personally being here in the U.S. and waking up and it you know half half the people have already teed off and yeah. they're already like wrapping up their round. Like I love those kind of show open this week, like a tournament wrapping up early um so and then it's just you know there's a lot of tradition going on with this one um so excited to see what happens with that um and yeah we're pulling for a lot of different people maybe a story uh storybook ending uh cheering for cheering for xander cheering for 
Homa, um, and yeah, so many, so many others. And then, yeah, the first of, first of many with the, the bags four balls. So, um, yeah, thanks for everybody for listening to the episode. As always, make sure that you subscribe, uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, follow us on Twitter and TikTok, which is at BagsGolf. Follow us on Instagram, which is bags.golf. Um, and then, yeah, keep a lookout, give us feedback, whatever. Um, and Caleb, any last words from you? Yep. Just because you're a below average golfer, make sure you have above average fun. We'll see you next week.